Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, everybody. This is England is Burning for Tuesday, the 6th of April, 2021. This is your Arsenal weekly feature. Again, we have Josh from the Islington Gazette back with us today to talk about all things Arsenal, the week that has been. It has been a very eventful week for Arsenal. Um, maybe a little bit unexpected and some stuff expected, everyone, uh, and so forth. Now, for all y'all who are wondering, where is your Manchester? City weekly feature that didn't come out as planned yesterday. It's coming on Wednesday. Just some scheduling issues and things like that. You know, I got to get a jab, my first jab today. So, you know, that was out and just trying to get the scheduling done. But you are going to get your Manchester City weekly feature, uh, just not as scheduled delay, just like the post office. All right. Also, I'm addicted to TikTok. And and once I figure out how to use it, I will be dangerous. I will be dangerous once I figure out how to use TikTok properly. Uh, And it is really addictive. It really is. All right. So, Josh, welcome back. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me back. Really appreciate it. All right, and you you wearing your Arsenal Arsenal yeah, kit yeah. as usual, <laughs> representing as well. Uh, so you know, Josh is the feature writer for Arsenal Women for Islington Gazette. So as well as he's writing about all, all all sorts of other stuff, but he writes all the reports and everything. But he's also an Arsenal fan himself. So so uh, glad to have you there. I want like to get the journalist perspective, but but more importantly, the fan perspective at the same time. So let's start with the match. Um, let's, let's go kind of in a not in order of events, but well, let's go okay, to the yeah. match on Sunday uh, at Bristol. Uh, a 4-0 win for Arsenal over Bristol uh, at Bristol. That's five wins on the bounce, five clean sheets on the bounce. Arsenal's on a roll. Yeah, um, definitely, definitely on a roll. Um yeah, look, it's been great, and, and the performance level has certainly been certainly been much better uh, at the second half of the season than than, than what it was. Um, I thought on Sunday Arsenal were, were very very comfortable, uh, but I think sort of what the the early goal helped a lot because, like I said to you, and when we were previewing this match, I always thought that Bristol City were really well set up. I mean under Matt Beard they have been and that's why they're, they've given themselves a chance of, of surviving relegation but I sort of thought if Arsenal can score early against Bristol City then the floodgates might open and that's kind of exactly what happened um, and the worst possible start for Bristol City is is Viviana Miedema, um putting the, putting the Gunners 1-0 up and from that moment onwards you sort of say to yourself yeah this game's done um, but actually, Bristol City held like quite well until just before half time, and mm-hmm. the worst possible time they concede. Going if you're going in the half time one 0 down, you're thinking, "All right, we've probably got a chance." But then just before half time, Daniela van der Donk makes it two 0 Good ball in by uh, Miedema again, and uh, it's two 0 at half time. And and also Arsenal, they had chances in that first half. I mean, uh, they've hit the post twice, um, and then Jordan Nobbs has had one. I don't you know how Sophie Bailey even saved it, but it's a great save. But yeah, then the second half, it was just a controlled Arsenal performance really in the second half. Um, it was good to see Leah Williamson come back from injury. She, she came on half-time. Um, and it, there was sort of that room to make those changes at half-time because Arsenal were comfortable. Um, so yeah, really good performance from start to finish. A really professional job. And it's another one of those games that are ticked off the list. 
So in your impression, uh, because the first half really was interesting, uh, because, you know, what Bristol wants to do is try to, is to, you know, hold, you know, hold still defensively and, and be resolute defensively and, and well organized and so forth. And, you know, I think Arsenal's plan from the get go was to try to, you know, break that down early. Uh, before, you know, Bristol was able to get a level of confidence together that they can hold up against, uh, you know, basically the oncoming onslaught that was going to happen because there's so many right now players on the Arsenal side that are on form, that are really doing very, very well. I mean, you talk about Miedema, but there are are other players that are also – you know, you know, just really everyone on the squad, it seems to be right on target right now uh, and so forth. But let's talk about, you know, how was the first that first goal kind of set up for Vivian? Yeah, it was a it was a really, really good move. Um, the Dutch triangle, as we'll call it. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. Jill, Jill Roar, Daniela van der Donk and mm-hmm. uh, them all linked up. I mean, that's just sort of been a, a thing that has been sort of apparent in, in recent weeks is uh, Van der Donk playing in a higher role. Uh, she wasn't playing there, obviously, the start of the season. She was playing a little bit deeper or she was on the bench. She sort of was inconsistent in terms of she was sort of in and out of the team. And last season, I thought she was fantastic on the wing. I thought she was a, a huge part of how Arsenal played last season um, before, obviously, coronavirus suspended the season. And I thought Arsenal were really, really sharp when she was there. But this season, it's been really inconsistent. But I think that's because of her positioning. But if you look at the last few weeks, she's been playing sort of higher up the pitch. And that links all of Arsenal's play. Um, so, yeah, the first goal, again, Van der Donk player plays higher up the pitch. She gives the road and, and Roard plays a, a defence splitting ball into, into Miedema, who, who fires it across Bagley and into the net. But it's all because of that. Arsenal were sort of playing with that really high fluid uh, tempo mm-hmm. as well um, mm-hmm. of, of, of pushing high up the pitch and, and Van der Donk is, is massive to that and I think Arsenal are a better team sort of when Van der Donk is in that higher role um, yes. I, that's, and, she, and she said after the last international duty um, she said the Dutch press that's where she wants to play um, she said that to the Dutch media and I think Montemurro sort of said, "All right, okay, we sort of need to play you there then," and they're sort of, they're reaping the rewards from that. Mm-hmm. Certainly, it certainly is. I and I think I like I like the word that you used, which was fluid. You know, it's like it, it was just there was a fluidity to it. Uh, you know, it was there, and was there was patience involved though, because uh, you know it wasn't like we're just going to just you know you know, strike every single uh, time. There was a level of patience involved. There was fluidity. There was good movement uh, right into the spaces that were created uh, and, and just really great passing. I mean, statistically speaking, you know, passing accuracy on 701 passing attempts was 82%. You know, that's yeah. 585 completed passes uh, and so forth with 72% possession of the ball. I mean, this is exactly what, Arsenal wanted to do. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we all know how Arsenal like to play. If, if you give right. them time in the ball, that they, they will hurt you. <laughs> and that's exactly what they want to do. They want that time in the ball. Uh, and Bristol City afforded them that. Um, and, and that's the thing with uh, with Arsenal as, as well as as, as sort of we've always said sort of quite regularly. Um, Arsenal against these teams don't really tend to lose. Uh, they because of 
again, it's just how they play. And I think the mentality in those two in the big games this season, because they haven't been allowed to get on the ball and dictate and play, has sort of rocked them a little bit uh, against obviously Chelsea and Man City. But no disrespect to the teams like your Bristol Cities or your Aston Villas, but when, when Arsenal are allowed to dominate and, and get on the ball, they will have chances and most likely they, w- they will finish them. Uh, and Bristol City give them chances at the weekend. Um, just Arsenal was so dominant in the, in the game and like you say, they were patient in their build-up play. It wasn't hitting hope. It was they played through the thirds and they opened Bristol City up quite a few times. Um, and if it, like sort of we said before, you had the record button on the show, it could have been seven or it could have been six or seven if it wasn't for Bagley and, and the woodwork. Arsenal did have so many chances in the game and that's a credit to them that they got into those positions to, to create those chances. Yeah, and, uh, I, you know, I, I was... Maybe this is not a good joke a joke to have, but, the, you know, the Manchester United ha- uh, match had a geese invasion, uh, and that's what disrupted that match. And, and, and then, you know, in this one, it was the, you know, it was a combination goalpost and crossbar uh, that were, you know, the uh, the uh, players of the match for, um, you know, uh, in the, you know, because there was so, you know, there were so many times where it was a woodwork and so forth. But, but the really, I mean, I, I'm going to show you, I'm going to give you a stat line. Sophie yeah. Bagley, okay, she's the goaltender for for Bristol, and we've talked about her. You know, we talked about her last week. We talked about her also in the the Bristol City special we did before the Conti Cup, and how how you know she's an extremely good goaltender, and her yeah. stats really lie. Twelve, she had to, she had to face twelve shots on target. Okay, yeah. in the match. Now she did give up four, but there were twelve shots on target. Uh, you know, through the match, and they were incredible sh- saves, weren't they? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think she's. It's very hard to tell because I think she's a great goalkeeper, but mm-hmm. she has so much to learn again that she's always going to look good. If you if you understand me, like yeah, she's yeah. always going to have to make saves. Yep. But I, I think she's a she's an extremely underrated goalkeeper, and I've said this on on social media platforms. I said like, I wouldn't be surprised if there. I don't know this, like, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's clubs out there who, again, no disrespect to Bristol City, are sort of thinking that would be a good addition to our team and, and hi, higher up the table in, in the WSL. I don't know who that would be because I think it's a lot of WSL clubs with, with very very good goalkeepers. But I wouldn't be surprised if, if teams are lined up a move because she's been consistent for the last, not just this season, for the last couple of seasons. She, she's, she's been fantastic. And, and again, on Sunday, she she uh, proved that just how good she is. I mean, earlier this season at, at Meadow Park when Arsenal played Bristol City, she was the star of the show again. She was out, she's been outstanding on, on both occasions against, against the Gunners this season. Um, and she's always had that little battle with... Medema over over the two games it's, it's been incredible. Um, mm-hmm. Just how many good saves she makes, um, and then again on on Sunday, the, the one moment that sort of sticks out in my mind is uh, Medema in on a hat trick, and, and you're thinking, yeah, she's going to score this. Actually, on two occasions, but there was one that one from close range. And I don't know how she saved it, but the one I'm thinking of is she was played in behind the back, and she was, she had time and, and space, so she drove into the area. 
she hit it across goal and you're thinking, yeah, that's a hat trick. And I don't know how, but she just got down and, and mm-hmm. tipped it away. It was it was a sensational save. Um but yeah, she's she's a, she's an outstanding goalkeeper and another really, really good talent for England coming through. Yeah, absolutely. I've heard her rumored for, you know, national call-ups and things like that. And, you know, yeah, for, the, for the England squad, uh, she's 24 years old. Um, and, you know, um, the, you know, Arsenal had an XG in the match of 5.2. The shots that Sophie faced in the match, the XG on those shots total was 4.8. And she gave up only four. So that actually is a de- pretty decent, you know, uh, goaltender conversion. Uh, you know, when the XG of those expect of the XG on the goals that she's having to not the sh- goals, but the shots that she's having to face, uh, yeah. is higher than the actual number of goals that she actually gave up. Um, so you know, that's really the, the, the stat really to look at with her because she has to face so many shots. She leads the WSL in, in shots faced, she leads the WSL in total shots on target faced, um, yeah. and so forth. I mean. That that's just the reality. I mean, objectively speaking, yeah, yeah. That's what happens. Uh, and so, with all of that, and it's a substantial margin too. With all that being said, I mean, then you know, yeah, she's and she also actually lead. I think she leads the WSL in saves because of all the shots that she faces. Her shot, her save percentage is not that high. Um, you know, some of the other indicators are not that high, but the, just the quality that she's end up having to face. Uh, you know, uh, you know, we have to, you know, face Minima twice and face uh, Joe Roard twice and you face Frank Kirby twice and Sam Kerr <laughs> yeah. twice and, yeah. you know, in the, you know, and Ellen White twice. And, you know, I mean, you just go on you know, of, of just the quality that she's having to face with a very young defense squad in front of her. Um, you know, you look at Bristol City squad of, of people being, you know. 19 20 22 year old 20 you know all up and down the line a very young squad uh and so forth and arsenal took advantage of that in in their experience and in their setup you know it because the issue with bristol is not necessarily the tactic because it's kind of the same tactic that some of the other resolute defensive teams do you know like your evertons and your reddings and so forth who don't have the offensive firepower uh to go you know, yeah. go woman to woman against, you know, Arsenal or Chelsea or whoever. But what what happens is, is that, you know, those uh, defenses get broken down, you know, over time. And particularly if there's a goal that's given up early, as you mentioned before with uh, yeah. the end. Um, so there was a player that I, I had not really seen before by the name of Leon Meyer, I believe her name is, 28-year-old. Yeah, Meyer, yeah, yeah. Um, and she led... Arsenal in several defensive statistical categories. Uh, she was, she had uh, nine successful pressures. She had uh, eight uh, combined tackles and interceptions and so forth. So uh, tell us a little bit about her. Yeah, I mean, uh, she's a German international and she's played for Bayern Munich. So uh, she's a very, very good footballer. Uh, don't get me wrong, but again, it's sort of been one of those in and out of the team. I mean, mm-hmm. she's to me. She's like it's a strange one because I think there's a lot of players that will stand out in the WSL, but mm-hmm. she, she like, but Leonie Meyer is just one of those that sort of just goes around and no fuss and just does her job. Mm-hmm. Um, not like nothing fancy, and but she's an incredible professional. Um, yeah, I think. When I think she's a, she's a very very good player, and she sort of played as this uh, inverted left back at the weekend. Um, now 
Leonie Meyer is a right back. Um, that's where she does play. Um, and that's where she always has sort of played. Mm-hmm. So for her to come in to play sort of as a left back, I know it's it can be difficult. And yeah, again, I thought I thought she I thought she did her job very very well. She's she's the ultimate professional. Um, this season she's played. She's been like I say, she's been in and out of, with injuries and a little bit inconsistent in terms of form. But um, when she has been called upon, she usually just goes about her job, minimal fuss and. Yeah, look, she she she's a, she's a good player and, and she adds a lot of experience um, in the defense as well. She's played at World Cups, she's played at European Championships with Germany. So um, she was actually nominated for she didn't win it, but she was nominated for German Germany's Player of the Year in twenty twenty. Um, so I think that sort of says everything about her that she is she is a top class player. Um, but Arsenal have so much competition in the fullback roles as well. Um, Noel Maritz as well. Steph Catley when she comes back in. Katie McCabe. Um, obviously, you can play Katie McCabe higher. Um, yes. But yeah, Meyer, she, she had a, she had another really good game. It's a player that I really like. Um, she's really comfortable on the ball and she, she's suited to Arsenal's philosophy in terms of playing from the back. Um, yeah, I thought she had another really, really solid show on at, at the weekend and they're the type of games that she plays in and she usually flourishes when she plays and she'll be frustrated with her game time this season I'm pretty sure um, but yeah I mean every time that she plays she, she does a stable job so yeah um, the, as, I, as I said before she's the ultimate professional really yeah, it's great when you have the ability to throw someone with that level of quality off the bench and put them in a starting role. And then they, they just go and do their business as they, as you said, uh, you know, it's a nice, nice issue to have. And I'm sure that someone of her qualities, you know, also probably would definitely want more playing time, um, you know, but you know, she, she went about her business and was quite impressive in doing so. One of the most statistical anomalies of this game is, as uh, you mentioned, Katie McCabe who played higher up, she played center midfield. Yeah, uh, She came on for 22 minutes. But I'm actually, 20... I'm, I'm, I know what you're going to say. Uh, she came on for 22 minutes and had 10 shot creating actions in 22 minutes, and yeah. led the team in shot creating actions in 22 minutes. Yeah, um, I did read that, um, and I thought that's crazy. Uh, yeah, that, that 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 is crazy. Um, but yeah, I thought she had a. I mean, she's oh, she's been so consistent this season, and like we've mentioned on the on on the. On the podcast before, like she's arguably been Arsenal's best player this season. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, she's just been absolutely incredible. Um, and with international break now, she's away with Ireland, so yeah, I'm looking forward to to, to watching that game. Um, but yeah, like I mean, she's a leader and and she's just been outstanding this season. She's and a player banging form with a lot of playing with a lot of confidence. So yeah, it's, and just and people don't understand. I mean. Katie McKay is still only 25. Um, so there's still so much to come from her. Um, yeah, like she she was, she's just been absolutely brilliant this season. And she's de- adapted her game in terms of her movement as well. Mm-hmm. Her movement is so much more intelligent. Her all round football game is so much more intelligent this season than it was even last season. She's developed so much in the space of 12 months. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm, I, it's it was very impressive, just the impact of her on the pitch and, and coming in in a substitute role um, in that match. Um, also, but also it was a Vivian uh, Vivian Miedema show with her brace that yeah. that along with uh, Sam Kerr's hat trick on the weekend puts them even in the golden boot race. And we talked, I think we talked briefly, uh, you know, last week about the golden boot race and whether or not you felt that Vivian was going to end up being the golden boot winner. And yeah. you still, you still keeping that. You still keeping, yeah. uh, you still giving her the, giving it to her. Yeah. I think so. I think Chelsea have got three games left. Um, mm-hmm. On Arsenal, I've got four. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Sam Kerr has been absolutely outstanding, and and she has been she's been fantastic. But uh, I think Chelsea have still got to play Man City as well, um, so that's going to be a, a huge game. While Arsenal have got uh, Brighton and Hove Albion to play at home. I know Brighton are a tricky team, yeah. but Arsenal really should be winning that game. Um, they've got West Ham in a, in the rearranged fixture to play at home. Obviously, they had a great result of the weekend against Reading, but. You're thinking Arsenal will get chances in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, Everton away, tricky game. Tr- tricky game, but if you're looking at it in, in record, she has a good record against Everton. Um, and Aston Villa at home as well. Again, that's a game that you're thinking Arsenal will have chances. Um, so, yeah, look, I, I still do. Look, uh, from an Arsenal perspective, I'm always going to back her uh, to, to go and do it. Um, but, yeah, look. I think she will do it, but ultimately, as, as she'll say herself, the aim is to qualify for the Champions League. It's not about golden boots. It's just about helping the team as much as possible. And the, the aim is to get in the Champions League. Individual awards can wait. Um, it's all about the team. So as long as they qualify for the Champions League, if, if she wins the golden boot, brilliant. If she doesn't and they get Champions League, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a success and or an even better one. Yeah. And you know, and there, and, and Vivian is not the only goal scorer on Arsenal's squad either. Huh. So you know, and and it is, it has been a, a great team effort. She's a great goal scorer, uh, and so forth. But she's got uh, other folks around her to also score. Um, I mean, you have the duo of uh, the the duo of Frank Kirby and Sam Kerr at Chelsea. Who I think yep. at the end of the day, I think Frank Kirby is going to decide who wins the Golden do- Boot because either she's going to take goals herself, <laughs> she's only three goals behind, uh, or she's just going to keep feeding the ball to Sam. So, uh, but the same is true here with Arsenal as well, right? Uh, you know, and and. Um, so is at least we have a golden boot race to kind of watch and look at. It's I think it's going to yeah, be yeah, it's interesting a, competition a uh, going forward. So um, you know, so yeah, I think the key there though is is there's one additional game opportunity yeah. for Miedema to get that ex- get an extra goal to put her over the top um, and so forth. So and you know I and I mean but she, you know she's 24. I yeah, mean, yeah. I mean, and she's that's a scary prospect. You know, she's 24 and getting better and better. Um, so, yeah, it's a lot to come. So, to finish things off, um, there was, you know, Joe Montemuro, the, the manager of Arsenal, announced that at the end of the season, he was stepping down from his post. And yeah. I wanted to get, Josh, your thoughts about, you know, about that. Was this a surprise to you? Do you know some of the reasons you know, what led to him making that decision? 
Yeah, well, the simple fact is that he wanted to, to spend uh, more time with his family, which is 100% the, mm-hmm. the best possible reason because he's been in England for over three years um, and his family are in Australia. Mm-hmm. We're in the middle of a global pandemic yeah. and he hasn't seen his family. Um, and yeah, I mean, when you and we we don't know what what what's going to happen in the world, and I don't think anybody expected what we're living through now uh, to happen. So I, I think it was a good. I think it was for him. It's probably the best possible decision for him because uh, sitting here talking to you, I couldn't really imagine not seeing my family for three years uh, at the other side of the world. Um. So yeah, I think. And I think that he's 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 won the league with Arsenal. He mm-hmm. has he's he's won the Conti Cup with Arsenal. He has won. He's been in FA Cup finals. So he has done a really really good job. Um, and he's developed players. He's developed the likes of Leah Williamson so much. Um, I mean, she's worked hard, but as, as well. But without his guidance, she wouldn't be one of the best defenders in, in my opinion, world football. Um, Brought in lots of women more, as you can clearly see the rewards that that that, that, that that's doing because she's been great. So he he has developed players. Was it a shock? Yes, because I don't really think anybody really expected it to happen. Um, if Arsenal didn't get into the Champions League at the end of the season, would I have been surprised if he had said, "Okay, I've sort of led this club as far as I can"? No, because I thought that was always going to sort of be a possibility, but with Arsenal's form and um, they're not there yet. Like we always keep saying that cliche of one game at a time, but it's looking likely that Arsenal will get in the Champions League. There is four games to go, and against opponents that yes, they should be beaten. Um, so that looks like they probably will get in the Champions League. Um, but for his reasons that he wants to go back home. And he wants to spend time with his with his wife and kids. Then yeah, it's it's a hundred percent the perfect reason. And if he gets into the Champions League with Arsenal, then yeah, it's the perfect time to to buy out. And he, the players love him, and the players respect him a lot. Um, as I, I don't know if you if you follow any Arsenal players on social media, but there was quite a lot of posts uh, with players just thanking him really. And he was sort of like a father figure um, mm-hmm. to a lot of them in that Arsenal team. So. Yeah, look, it was a surprise because I don't really think anybody was sort of ready for it. But for the reason and the timing, then yeah, look, it's probably the the best. It's the best for him to go. So um, yeah, he he made the decision and and, and it's a good decision for him because like like we always say, family is is number one and, and everything else sort of follows. So you always get a good read on how well the players are connected with a manager that is leaving by their social media post or lack thereof when they announce or are sacked or step down. And yes, I do follow a few players. I saw several posts from 
from players that you know on on IG and on Twitter, uh, really praising him, thanking him. Uh, I, I I saw like you the the term father figure uh, being used. I, I saw that you know some, a few players were talking about how they got better, uh, yeah. you know, while under his under his leadership uh, and coaching and so forth. So that's high praise, uh, very high praise for for him. Uh, yes, you know, being you know a basically on the other side of the world, literally uh, away from your family is got to be hard. I feel for anyone who, you know, a lot of these players that, you know, many of these players on, on these sides in the WSL are English players, but many of them, a good number of players are from, you know, other countries like Australia or from, you know, continental Europe or from Asia and so forth. So I cannot imagine what it's like to be like, okay, I'm, I'm, all the way across the world in a global pandemic and I can't get home, uh, yeah. you know, and if I do go home, then I'm under restriction or, or, you know, uh, and isolation or whatever, because of, you know, whatever the, the actual regulations are. So it's gotta be very, very difficult. So I understand completely saying, you know what, let me, you know, I, I, I've done my time. <laughs> I've done my time. Yeah, yeah, I, I need to get back to the, you know, what to uh, regular life here uh, and so forth. So it makes sense. So anyone, is there anyone in the wind, in the rumor mill or anything um, like that about, you know, yeah. I, is it too early to talk about replacements, even though he hasn't, he hasn't actually left yet? Well, there's always names sort of rumbling around. Um, Arsenal said that they're, they're going to start the, the process. Um, for a replacement, I, look, there's been line, there's been names lined up um, already. If you, just if you look on the internet, Jane Ludlow, a former Arsenal legend, um, and she's just left her manager post at Wales, uh, so she's linked, which doesn't surprise me. Um, Birmingham City's Carla Ward is linked as well. Um, that I read an article um, from another news source the other day. To, to say that I, I don't know if, any, if that's true I don't know who Arsenal are lining up because uh, I, 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 I'm just not sure um, but Jane Ludlow it doesn't surprise me um, and in my own opinion would it be a good appointment yes um, because she knows the ins and outs of Arsenal um, she's been there and, and she's captained the club before so she knows exactly what to expect um, and she's managed wheels so She's she's got that top level managerial experience uh, in 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 with her name. So um, yeah, I mean there are two that I've heard that um, or have read that that are that have been linked up have been linked. Um, Jill Ellis, former USA coach, has also sort of her name sort of blown in the wind as well. Uh, But look, it'll be interesting to see who who Arsenal do going on point. Um, Is there is there Apart from those two, like I say, Jane Lullow and Jill Ellis, I'm not really sure who else there is available right now because um, a lot of managers are, are already in work. Yeah, exactly. And so then that makes it, uh, you know, makes it difficult, um, you know, in terms of, but there are available, you know, available folks, as you said. Uh, I mean, and for those who do, you know, who don't have, didn't listen to my, and didn't watch my history lesson when I thought we spoke about Arsenal before, basically Arsenal is the most decorated women's side in England, you know, and so it, this is a high level job. I mean, yes, obviously the name Arsenal Football Club, num- number one, but number two, the most decorated women's side in England, uh, you know, 
in terms of, of trophies and, and European competition and so forth. Uh, and so it's a high level, high, high level job um, and a high level spot to, to take. Uh, I wanted to mention real briefly about the, uh, the, the uh, Champions League qualification. Uh, 538.com, you know, gives Arsenal uh, a 97% chance at qualification. <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, for the uh, the Champions League, um, gives Chelsea a sixty nine percent chance at winning the league, uh, and unfortunately gives uh, Bristol City a fifty eight percent chance at relegation. Um, but uh, but the key there is the uh, it, it's almost a sure bet ninety seven percent for Arsenal to qualify, uh, given their goal differential and you know having one you know having a game in hand. Uh, yeah. And so forth, and and uh, and also Manchester United's uh, form uh, at this point in comparison. So, so what's next for Arsenal? Is there a FA Cup match up ahead in a couple of weeks? Once yeah, so break. Yeah, yeah. So obviously, at national break now, um, a lot of the players are are out playing for the countries, and let's just hope that they come back in one piece. Um, True. Uh, ahead of the, the, the ahead of the, the last four games of the season, um, but yeah. Uh, the FA Cup takes centre stage next. It's either against Gillingham or Portsmouth. That game takes place this this weekend, um, this Saturday. So we'll find out uh, who Arsenal play. So yeah, it's either Gillingham or Portsmouth on on the 18th, um, and then it's back to WSL action at home to Brighton Hove Albion. Just a quick question. I, I mean, and I, I I understand why. I think I understand why they did this. But what do you think of uh, that they're doing the FA Cup competition and kind of having it wrap around the twenty twenty one season into the twenty one twenty two season? What's your thoughts about that? Yeah. Um, well, they sort of did that this season they did too. It this season. Uh, yeah. So uh, look, uh, to be honest, the the amount of games that the players have played. Um, and, and and that's with the club, and then obviously with internationals. There's only so many days in a season uh, that that can happen. Right. I wasn't so sure even if the FA Cup would take place this year. Um. As, so yeah, look, it's good. It's it, at least it is getting it, it is getting going ahead. But the thing is, though, not set. Like we're getting we're getting ahead of myself here. Um, but if Arsenal win the trophy are are going to win the FA Cup, they're starting it with with Montemurro and and ending it with with someone new. Mm-hmm. Um, so so I think that's quite strange. Um, but yeah, this um, well, Manchester I, I think, City did that did that too. Well, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and Gareth Taylor went on to win it. Yeah, um, no, absolutely. And um, I th- I think. Like I think it's probably the best possible way just to get games played. Um, so yeah, the fourth and fifth round this season, and then the the, the rest next season. Um, and hopefully for that next season, that there there'll be fans in for those mm-hmm. those cr- those sort of getting into that that crunch stage of the tournament. And, and hopefully Wembley um, at, at the end gets a gets a nice uh, gets a nice day out for yeah. for some clubs and fans. Yeah, that I mean, and and that's probably the big advantage of having it wrap around like that is that the, yeah, the, you'll have fans, you know, at I think the that's end. That's kind of why the you know, uh, but so <laughs> maybe this is you're the wrong person to ask this question. But so right now, Chelsea uh, are favorites to win the league. They yeah. uh, 
They are in the FA Cup competition that will wrap around. They are in the semifinals of the Champions League. You know where yeah. I'm going. You know where I'm no, going. I is, yeah, yeah. So is so is a is, would it count as a quadruple if they won everything, including the FA Cup in the fall? Uh, we yeah, as a, we, we count that as a quad. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, right. Definitely. I mean, Celtic in, in, in the men's game won this this twenty twenty or the the twenty nineteen twenty Scottish Cup in December twenty twenty. So mm-hmm. and that's a treble. So yeah, yeah, it's definitely a quad. Cool. I I, I think so too. But uh, but you know that's in the cards at this point. That's a possibility. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. It's a possibility that that actually could happen. And and given what I saw from you know what we all saw from Chelsea against Wolfsburg in that in that um, quarterfinal matchup, I know they got a tough you know tie with Bayern. Um, but um, but it was like that was that was a marker being planted yeah, there uh, for uh, Chelsea's program. Uh, I, I, I fancy Barcelona to win the Champions League. I've sort of said that before, but um, then the second leg against Man City, they were a bit shaky. Uh, but I, I, I back Chelsea to get to the Champions League final. I, I really do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, you can't definitely... I, I wish I could find odds somewhere. I'll, I guess I will find them because I'm a degenerate like that on the internet uh, on, them winning, <laughs> uh, on them winning the Champions League, but you know, it's you know it's tough competition too. Uh, so, tough competition. So, alright, Josh, I thank you so much for your time, your energy, and your insight and information uh, and so forth, and uh, I look forward to... I'm looking forward to the break. I know there's no break for you. Uh, no, not really. <laughs> um, you know, uh, with uh, all the other competitions that you're following and, and, and so forth at your role. But, uh, but yeah, looking forward to the uh, little international break and then FA competition coming up in a couple of weeks. So thank you so much, Josh, for your time. No problem. And everyone, this is it for England is Burning for today. Uh, remember, as I mentioned earlier, we will have uh, Emma on tomorrow for the Man City uh, feature for them, uh, you know, reviewing the Champions League and uh, their week, their match over the weekend. So as a reminder, everyone that remember, uh, thank you so much for watching this video or listening to it. If you did like what you saw and what you hear, please give us a like, please subscribe, please share with your friends. Word of mouth is how this thing has gotten rolling and continues to roll. Remember also that the light is out there. Please acknowledge it. Let it become part of your world and those around you. Also acknowledge, as I have, unfortunately, personally, uh, the darkness is out there and please acknowledge it but also don't let it become part of you don't let it hug you under any circumstances but if it does please take care of yourself take care of each other and england is burning is out for today